just keep thinking, Blake. That's what you're good at. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. All right, cool. I'm excited. I'm know really how excited. I could like, work that in, though. Boy, I got vision, and the rest of the world has bifocals. <laughs> that was a good line. <laughs> Welcome to VCR, a vintage cinema rewind. We're bringing old movies to new viewers. He's Jason. And I'm Blake. You're both? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. And I'm the narrator yeah. now. Yeah. I will take on both roles. Perfect. I will sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right. Let's cool. go. I'm really excited about this week's episode. This is very much off of the beaten path of where you and I maybe watch movies I would watch a movie like this like every once in a while. Uh, yeah, it doesn't come into view that often in like the the list of movies that I want to watch. Yeah, and and I think this is a real treat here. So, if you're unsure of the idea of 1960s films or westerns, I I want you to stick around and and enjoy this with us a little bit and see if maybe this is something to kind of tread into that territory a little bit it's a good one to tread into with before we get started though i want to do a couple quick show notes from last week's episode soylent green after you and i finished recording i finally put into words my problem with the film and why it didn't quite click for me Mm, okay so, I think the biggest issue with the film is that it's constantly telling, not showing. And that's yeah. a really big problem that some storytellers have. If you're maybe an aspiring storyteller, that's maybe something just to remember is that you really want to show the audience what you're trying to convey rather than telling them because telling them is a little too uh two dimensional yeah and i think we can ca- compare and contrast a little bit later on this how invested i am in the characters in soylent green versus butch Cassidy and the sundance kid with that being said i think uh we can move past show notes and get into this week's film all right let's so go. we did Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, a 1969 Western. Uh, It's got a lot of comedic elements to it. Something interesting as well. I don't know about you, but I watched this on Disney Plus, and they actually listed it as a buddy movie as well. Yeah, yeah, and that's very apparent, I would say. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's an interesting genre that... I'd be very interested in finding some lists online about top buddy movies. But I have some interesting comparisons for in who this movie is for that I'm going to get into a little bit later here. Awesome. So let's talk plot a little bit first. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is a story about two famous outlaws. They've been highly successful in robbing banks with their gang, the Hole in the Wall Gang, named after their hideout location in the canyons. When the banks start beefing up security, the gang goes after trains, who fight back with a vengeance. The two outlaws then go on the run from the law and the company. Yeah, 
And I just want to add there really quick that it's not the train themselves going uh, back with a vengeance. Yeah, it's the owner of the trains <laughs> and the company. Yeah. yeah. Although, if somebody wants to make a horror film <laughs> where the train fights back, I'm there. There is a, there's a clip on YouTube about... Uh, in Skyrim, they changed all the dragons oh, yeah. into Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> that yeah, that they fight, they can fight back with vengeance, and they will. Yeah, don't mess with trains. <laughs> we can end the podcast it, yeah. there. Yeah. The moral of the story is: don't mess with trains. <laughs> so, one thing that I want to say quickly before we wrap up plot is the intro of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid starts with a very old-timey, uh, soundless picture film yeah, from yeah. way back when. I a think they recorded... Yeah. yeah, I think they recorded this for the film, but I couldn't find a lot of information about that online. It looked like it was just made for the film. Yeah, and it most likely was. Don't be scared away by that. That's just the quick kind of intro to the film. It's kind of a uh homage yeah it's a character intro it's a bit of a homage to the genre and its roots a little bit there don't be afraid of that because this isn't really a like hardcore old school western no like like they like they kind of hint at in that um intro film yeah exactly and again after that, we kind of get the classic Western grain in the opening scenes, yeah. which is done extremely well. But after that, they move more into the color of the 60s, 70s. And again, don't be afraid of that kind of Western grain at the beginning there, because it's going to pivot into something yeah. you might be a little bit <laughs> more used to. So, Okay, so let's talk characters and people you may know. So we have to start with Butch Cassidy, the leader of the gang, played by Paul Newman. Uh, let's start with Butch, a little exploration of that. He's kind of the charming, witty uh, leader, very intelligent, yeah. which is constantly brought up how intelligent he is. Interesting enough, so he's kind of always the guy with a plan. Yeah. His plans very often don't go according to plan yeah, and least, often go no. very wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got great ideas that they they like execute the idea and then it like fails like drastically. It still yeah. worked, but the the consequences of it were not forethought. Yes. Like, exactly. The the actual plan happening, like blowing up a safe with way too much dynamite. <laughs> yeah. It 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 did work. Yeah. But there are in, unintended consequences. Yeah, exactly. So Paul Newman who plays Butch Casty, what an electric performance from him. Yeah. I was chewing on everything he was spitting out. Yeah. Yeah, the uh he was just great. Like he's one of the greats from that time. Yeah. And it comes out strongly in this. You may know him so obviously from the 60s he has he wasn't around in the 2000s for a very long time but where you may know him from he played doc hudson in pixar's cars which is Ah, no way yeah it's kind of neat and part of the reason for that is in real life he was actually also a race car driver (laughs) oh i thought you were gonna say a race car He was a race car driver. He was a race car driver, yeah. I, I knew, like, when you look up pictures of him, you see him often with, like, cars. Yeah, so, yeah. Big car cool. enthusiast. He actually won 
I can't remember. Like a Le Mans or something? Because that'd be pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't know what he was driving or in what leagues. It wasn't NASCAR per se, but it it was fairly competitive. And he was actually one of the oldest competitors to ever come first in a race. Hmm. So wow. kind of neat there. Also, in the 2000s, he, was, he played opposite Tom Hanks in Road to Perdition. I did not watch that one. I haven't seen it either. I would but... like to see him in his, uh, like, at, at the end of his career, I guess. Yeah. But he's he's known for so many other films. And a lot of these are back in the 60s or 70s. We've got The Hustler, Cool Hand Luke, and The Sting, which I'm going to bring up in a sec again. We didn't talk about the salad dressings, though. What? Yeah, yeah Newman's own salad dressings. That's Is that where, Paul Newman? Yeah, that's where anyone, no way. anyone who like I bring up Paul Newman to, I'm like, it's the salad dressing guy. And they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so You're Newman's lying own. to me. No, Newman's own are... Uh, oh like, my it's, God, it And was. it's all like for... It's all like not for profit. And That it, is like, Paul Newman. Yeah, and all of the um, profits go to charity. Like, right. It's a really cool thing that he did. And pretty good uh, oh, salad dressing good. as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I can't believe I missed that. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought you were just trying to shut me up when I said, like, the salad dressings guy. No. And, like, you just kept talking over me. But no, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. All right, Paul Newman, greatest actor, greatest salad dresser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next we've got Robert Redford playing the Sundance Kid. That's a familiar name that I feel like everybody knows, but I I don't know before this that I could name a lot of Redford, Robert Redford movies, to be honest. No, it's amazing. He was across from Brad Pitt, who, like, he was the Brad Pitt of his day, basically. Yeah, I would agree with that. He actually looks very similar to him. Yeah. um, You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of the blonde guy from Narcos, who was then in uh logan if there was ever a remake of that i think you could put him in there and patrick wilson as paul newman because they kind of look alike yeah, too yeah i could see that uh working out pretty well yeah robert redford across from brad pitt in spy game was uh-huh. a very fun uh movie cool which is uh more recent it's 2001 yeah and robert redford is also most recently in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. He he doesn't have a large part by any means, but... Yeah, he's in Endgame. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, where he's actually most famous for is not only in front of the screen, but behind it, he directed the movie Ordinary People, which one scooped the Oscars in 1980, the year it came out. So, so has some acting chops production directing all of that he's kind of got it all a little bit i feel like he's a sex symbol for females everywhere above a certain age most likely yeah but (laughs) (laughs) but in general robert redford is a name that you know and this is actually the film that made him a major star as well this is So they actually had to change the name because of the two actors and how they uh, were cast. Yeah. So it was originally the Sundance Kid and Butch Cassidy, and Paul Newman thought he was going to be the Sundance Kid. And then when they couldn't get another like huge name actor and they uh-huh. decided to go with Robert Redford, who was in theater at the time, mm-hmm. um, when they got him, they changed it 
to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and Paul Newman became Butch Cassidy. Right. Okay. And uh, Paul Newman, I cannot imagine not being Butch Cassidy for this. Yeah. Like this role, and felt... Robert Redford as the Sundance yeah. Kid. Like he killed it. It was yeah. amazing. Both. Yeah. Both actors, top of their game here. So the Sundance Kid, real person as well. The name Sundance Kid comes from the fact that he was once arrested in Sundance, Wyoming. So that's kind of a cool, interesting tidbit there. Yeah. That's the reason why he's called that. Interesting. Yeah. Like, his, like one of his first arrests or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just a kid who yeah. got arrested in Sundance. Yeah. Huh. All right. Yeah, yeah. So next we have Catherine Ross playing at a place who's Sundance's partner. At a place, again, a real character, spent a lot of time with the Sundance Kid, and she was along with a lot of his adventures and even took part in some of the bank robberies robberies later in the Sundance Kid's life. Which is very interesting. That's pretty fun. Yeah. And Catherine Ross, you may know from The Stepford Wives, and not the shitty remake, but the 1975 original version. Is it her head on the cover, like, on the film, um, like, poster? Uh, it might be. The Stepford Wives, like, she has, like, it's like a cut-off head. Yeah. Yeah. And she was also... A major character in Donnie Darko as well. Another great film. She was the doctor? Yeah, she's the doctor. I just am looking now. But yeah, wow, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't make the connection at all. Yeah. Donnie Darko. Yeah, Donnie Darko's a great one. I haven't watched it in years. But anyway, the last kind of person that I really want to quickly talk about is George Roy Hill, the director of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. He was actually upset that people found this film as funny as it was. He was looking for a more tragic tone because of eventually where these characters end up. Uh, So something kind of interesting is after the initial previews for the movie, they made some edits to cut some of the comedic parts down. So I would love to see the original cut with the the comedic parts he cut out because it must be a riot oh yeah like it already was an amazing like amazingly funny movie and just the connection these two it's like these buddies have Mm -hmm. was just so awesome like to see their on-screen chemistry and like all the lines that they're throwing at each other and their reactions to each other like it was i can't imagine it being any funnier yeah so that's pretty cool yeah really cool yeah that's kind of the thing with butch casting the sundance kid is like i immediately cared about both of these characters and were really excited to see where things went with them and and if they could outrun the law forever or or what would happen and that's something that you really have to give credit for everyone involved being able to draw us in so quickly oh yeah George Roy Hill also partnered with Paul Newman on several other films. They were they were pretty close, I think. Did they do any salad dressings together? <laughs> <laughs> no salad dressings that I'm aware of. But they partnered on the movie The Sting, which also had Robert Redford together. So the two of them together 
I think I need to re-watch that film because that was one thing that I came out of this wanting more of mm. was those two together. They just did such a great job together. And The Sting also won some Academy Awards when it came out in the 70s. So kind of neat. Yeah, definitely. That might be like a, not a prequel or sequel section, but like legacy. We want to see more. Yeah. So, yeah. Of those actors. Yeah. Exactly. And lastly, I wanted to quickly mention that George Roy Hill was behind the film Slapshot, also with Paul Newman. So for our Canadian fans out wow. there, yeah. <laughs> so he's been around for a long time then. Based, well, oh no, I guess that was only that, that was, was the seventies too. I thought it was, I thought it was like nineties almost. No, like, I remember watching it like somewhat recently, and it, it definitely feels more eighties. I yeah. didn't think it was that. The original Slapshot is 77. Oh, okay. Wow. I've never seen Slapshot, which oh, is kind of embarrassing. Yeah, so it's it's awesome that he went into that because obviously his comedy works. Yeah. So, yeah, he went into that after this. Um, he should have embraced his comedy in the in this, uh, in Butch Cassidy. He should have pulled a Tommy Wiseau and just taken it for what it is with yeah. uh, the room and yeah, just accepted exactly. that it's a... Not like this movie's not a dumpster fire, no. but yeah. Tommy Wiseau just uh, just completely embraced the fact that it's kind of a dumpster fire movie yeah. that's hilarious that people can love. Maybe not necessarily for what he intended, yeah. but as long as people are paying for tickets, who cares? Yeah. and enjoying yeah. it. And yeah, I think I think what what happened was like he wanted to make a serious movie, but then he got these two actors together who they're just like riffing off each other. I feel yeah. like through the whole thing and like they bring the comedic element. If it was other actors, they might've been more serious. Yeah. But- or, or maybe their acting wasn't as tongue in cheek. Like even just their facial expressions as yeah. they're doing things like they're not hollow. They're very animated yeah. all the time. And I don't know that a lot of actors can pull that off in the same way that both of these guys were able yeah, to. Yeah. But anyway, so there's two other brief mentions that I want to make before we get out of here. So first is the Hole in the Wall gang, the gang that Butch is the leader of. The In real life, the Hole in the Wall is actually the location that they operated out of, and the gang was called the Wild Bunch Gang. The Hole in the Wall was... In Wyoming, it was kind of this uh, notable location used by a number of outlaws in that time frame. And the reason why it was so important is because it was kind of a naturally designed fortress where no one could approach without being detected. And that's because of the the ridges and the geography of that area. There was really only one way in, one way out kind of thing. Through the hole in the wall. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So really neat that that's a real area and you could actually go and visit that and see that they actually even have the original cabin from the hole in the wall on uh it's at a museum i think somewhere in wyoming but maybe colorado i can't remember that exactly but anyway the last the last person that i want to mention here that's really interesting is sam elliott makes his first appearance in film in this as well i did not see him yeah, he plays a card player, 
Uh, and this is his first at credited the, role. At the very beginning of the movie? No, that's somebody else. He's oh, a different okay. card player. I'm going to have to rewatch this and look out for him. And look out for him because Sam Elliott is a very recognizable voice and a very recognizable face. He's got to be the most cliche-looking and sounding Western actor of all yeah. time. You know Sam Elliott. He's, he comes from a bunch of different things. But cool. Cool first appearance. That is really cool. William Goldman made Princess Bride. The director, he also made Princess Bride, I think. No, that was Robert Reiner. Okay, no, uh, why is William Goldman referenced? Oh, screenplay by William Goldman. Yeah, so again, that's where the, again, like, all those interactions are very apparent in The Princess Bride, which is, again, like, not that long after this. That's a great connection. William Goldman with The Princess Bride and Butch Casting the Sundance Kid. He actually won an award for his screenplay for Butch Casting the Sundance Kid. Oh, sick. He deserved it. Yeah. It's because, so, yeah, it's the writing and everything that really nailed it. Yeah, yeah. We got to give credit where credit is due there, for sure. Uh, and, again, if you enjoyed The Princess Bride, why not go check this out? You're yeah. probably going to enjoy it just as much. That and The Sting, which is, again, another good buddy movie. I am very excited to watch The Sting with, as well. at yeah. some point yeah. now. All right, let's move on. Who is this movie for? Obviously, fans of Westerns, you know, why haven't you seen this one at this point? It's going to play a little different than maybe the classic Westerns, a little bit more comedic, but still should be on your list of things to watch. I also think that if you're a fan of the Red Dead game series from Rockstar, that you should be watching. This is a probably a good gateway into western film and i don't know if you loved the western scenery from the game series you're gonna love this as well yeah they go to a bunch of cool locations it almost feels like 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 how did they i i I didn't look into the locations enough Mm -hmm. but how did they get all those different like the varieties of scenes that they shot yeah it was very cool all the different areas they went Yeah, they did travel a little bit for that, and we'll talk about that in effects of filming. I also think that if you're a fan of true stories and biopics, this is a good one as well. It depends on how hardcore you are about true story. Because, so, what I read is the the writer for this, or the director, he didn't, he had this, he was really interested in Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid, and the the Wild Bunch gang. Mm Mm-hmm. And but he didn't he wanted to tell their story, but he didn't really want to go into the actual um, details of what really happened because it was very hard to actually find all of the information. Yeah. Like sort through what was just lore and legend and what was true. Yeah. And so he's like, no, I'm just going to make a movie about it. So and at the beginning of the movie, it says most of what follows is true. Which, like, everyone else was doing, like, a based on a true story type thing. So he's like, most of what follows is true. Yeah, the general locations, where they were, the time frames, that kind of thing. But, obviously, nobody was really there to hear them And we talking don't really know anything about them. Yeah. Yeah, like, it was just two people who were, like, they, they are steeped in legend, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, if you're a fan of outlaw or crime films, especially with the focus being on anti-heroes, again, couldn't recommend this enough. If you're a fan of very smirky kind of tongue-in-cheek humor where you kind of, you feel like you're in on the joke, yeah, I think yeah. this is a good one for you as well. 
Yeah, I think almost anyone can really watch this and enjoy yeah. it for the most part. There are certain areas of the movie where you're like, eh, I don't love that. But um, yeah. the, it, it's the characters. It's so character-driven. Yeah. And you really like feel attached to these two. Are you ready for my kind of out there? If you're a fan of this, maybe you should check this out. Yeah, sure. If you're a fan of The Wolf of Wall Street, I think you could follow up that with this and still kind of get some of those dopamine hits, some of that enjoyment yeah. out of that. Yeah, I could see that. Like, there's yeah. a few carryovers. Like, it's, like, based in fact or, like, based in... It's the evasion the, from yeah. the police. Like, the, the idea of never doing the right thing until the bitter end yeah. and not changing who you are and that even the humor is kind of similar yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i really think that you could have a movie night with the two of those and come out of that pretty happy yeah i can see that and you actually touched this on this already and i'm kind of a similar opinion that i think most movie goers could and should see this at some point it's one of the last best westerns of the time and both Paul Newman and Robert Redford are just absolutely iconic in this. Yeah. And they really are. And yeah, like it's not, it's like where the Westerns sort of evolved into something modern. Yeah. And that like we were focused on the characters and like not so much the actual like cowboy shoot 'em up type stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's like they were eschewing into a new era. Yeah. And for me, I think this is also a bit of a gateway Western that it gets you really interested in the genre. There are certain movies, and I'm going to slot this one in there as well, that this makes me want to dive into every Western ever made. And I've done that a few times with different other genres, but this is the first time that I've gone, walked out of this and went, what other Westerns can I watch right now? And I'm going to maybe contrast that with the good, the bad, and the ugly. I watched that last year. And it was good. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't something that made me want to dive into the genre. Okay. Yeah. Like I watched um, like another Clint Eastwood one. I forget the name right now. I Uh I mentioned it before on the podcast, but, um, and I loved that one, but I didn't get that far into like everything else. Yeah. But that one is a good one. I'm going to have to find that one. (laughs) Fair enough. uh, Just another like comparison because this isn't as silly as Blazing Saddles. Yeah. If you've seen any clips of that or if you've watched that. Because Blazing Saddles is just a complete parody of the Western genre. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like the last, like, well, not the last, but like it's at the end of the serious time of um, Westerns. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, the um, Clint Eastwood, it was directed and acted by Clint Eastwood. High Plains Drifter. Okay. That's another like really good and it's it's like a spaghetti west No, that one's not actually spaghetti western, never mind. But it is a very good western. Uh-huh. Very like that is another area you could go into after if you're going into westerns, High Plains Drifter, Clint Eastwood, he's a classic. Yeah. Clint Eastwood was one of the largest or most prominent uh western stars of all time as well. So I think before we get on, move on at this point, I think we have to do a bit of a trigger warning, maybe a little bit here. There's one scene in particular that gets a little rapey for 2022. Yeah. And it's not actually rapey, but the 
the scene plays out maybe a minute or two too long. It's near the beginning. Robert Redford is in some woman's home and she's surprised by him in there when she gets home from work for the day. And he pulls the gun on her and makes her do a strip for him. Uh, And like I said, it goes on a little too long for just long enough for the effect because it's not an actual, it doesn't actually like they, they know each other. She was waiting for him to come home. And this is kind of maybe some sort of little fantasy thing that they play out. They're both, they're both outlaws basically. Right. And and they're together. And they're so. together. Yes, they're together before this but scene. But it is it c- could be un- uncomfortable to watch at first. Yeah, it's it's it was I was I was kind of squirming a little bit in my chair like, "Oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> I don't know about this, but it, just get through it. Maybe it fast forward if you need to, but it it's not actually a rape scene. It just no. <laughs> feels very rapey. But anyway, when to watch for me, I think this is a blockbuster movie night. Like, I think you can slot this in as your big movie that you want to watch for the evening. It's also a really good buddy movie. Mm-hmm. So if you're kind of looking for that, that kind of bouncing off of each other kind of thing, then this is another good spot for that. Yeah, like, it, this is, would be something that I want to sit down and watch just, for, like, in the way same way that I did. I watched it, like, while drinking a bit of whiskey and, like, mm-hmm. like just with my partner and like it was just a really fun buddy movie yeah um like a nice light evening like a light night yeah so it wasn't like super intense it wasn't a huge drama that i was looking for i was looking Mm -hmm. for something like a little bit light and fun and interesting and it yeah it's it fit the bill so where to watch Right now, streaming on Disney Plus, Crave Stars, or Amazon Stars. I watched on Disney Plus. It looks fantastic on there, so I would recommend maybe trying that out. And now we're going to get into something a little different. We've changed our format a little bit here. We're going to actually talk spoilers next before we get into the themes, the effects and filmings, and all the other stuff that you've come to hopefully appreciate out of our podcast but we're going to switch the format up a little bit let us know how you feel about this in the comments basically we're gonna we're not gonna just like go into a straight spoiler section we're just gonna move up the whole discussion because we are so excited to talk about everything and so when we're talking about themes mm-hmm. we are trying to talk about themes without spoiling anything so i think we're moving it up so that we can talk about themes in the full sense yeah and then in as part of our end discussion that we've done previously where that will kind of be throughout and okay. it, it'll be more free and open about the movie so yeah at this point if you haven't um seen the movie and you want to this is where we're going to get into everything yeah so again hopefully you kind of have an idea of whether you want to watch this or not in that first spiel about plot people you may know all of that and if you're still on the fence, maybe stick around, see if something piques your interest. But otherwise, we'll see you after you've watched this. Hopefully, you enjoy the film as much as I did. Okay, let's talk themes really quick. It, it's not a huge, deep theme kind of movie. Yeah. It's Obviously, it's the relationship between Butch and Sundance is, that's really important. And that all, kind of based on a true story, telling what the general idea of what happened yeah, yeah. in their outlaw careers. 
one theme that I kind of maybe do want to discuss a little bit is not being able to escape your past. And that's something that when done well is is really interesting. And I could almost compare that a little bit to the Cowboy Bebop TV show. I know the live action's out. I don't know if it's that great. I've, I've heard very, very mixed reviews on that. But the cartoon itself, it really dives into that and it really does a great job mm. about how your past is basically what makes you and to try to escape that past extremely hard which is what we see with butch and the sundance they they escape the law they've successfully escaped the law they go to bolivia yeah and rather than starting new lives they first start by robbing banks and then after that they try to work it like a work a straight job they try one job, yeah. and on the first job, it goes horribly wrong, and... They have to shoot up a bunch of robbers who are trying yeah. to rob them. They were supposed to be security in this. They're security, yeah. and their boss is shot dead in their first job. Yeah. <laughs> so, unfortunately, they, at this point, just give up on the idea of going straight entirely. Yeah. Yeah, and they go back to Robin again. <laughs> yeah, go back to Robin again. So not being able to escape the past or maybe that hubris a little bit. They've got that hubris that they can't be caught <laughs> and yeah. and that they've escaped. And what um within themes, like the idea of being free, mm-hmm. I guess that's like a, a theme that is ongoing because um there's a whole raindrops keep falling on my head montage where they do the whole song and it's it's sung by someone important back then i don't yep. know we'll get into that with score yeah yep. so within that theme they play that and you see like how free they are because of how successful they've been in the beginning mm-hmm. and so everything they've done up to the point where the movie begins proves that they're just very successful bank robbers and, and at the time they were the most successful which is kind of wild and why this story was told yeah yeah, so we see them at their peak. Yeah. And um they are on top of the world, they're free. I think this is a very American movie and part of it's for that reason for the refusal to change your ways or anything like that. I think I think this is a very American movie. Yeah, yeah, like they keep doing whatever brought them success even if it's not anymore. Yeah. And again, that's my comparison a little bit to The Wolf of Wall Street there. At yeah. any point in time, he could have walked away, yeah. but he didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's like addicted to the um, status and the money. Addicted to the skucks life. Yeah. Effects and filming. For me, the effects hold up extremely well in this, especially from a movie from 1969. Now, obviously, this isn't sci-fi, doesn't have fantasy elements, anything like that. Really, the effects are the shooting, the trains, that sort of thing. The horses, and, I guess. Yeah, the yeah. horses as well, that that sort of stuff. The and explosions I'll- weren't like, like, you could tell that they were like not real some of them some of them were very real yeah i was gonna say the one train explosion which maybe my favorite scene in the film and i want to talk about that in real detail a little bit later uh let's talk about the scene really right now from start to finish i was by the end i was crying i was laughing so hard we get the second train robbery in this film we have Butch talking to them that he's held them up and he wants the uh, the money from them. 
And then Woodrow, the same guy from the last train, yeah. is in there. And so they have this really funny back and forth where Butch is like, ah, like, Woodrow, come on out, yeah. man. Or sorry, Woodcock is his name. Yeah, yeah. And so he's like, ah, oh, Woodcock, like, come on out, man. We don't need to do this again. Like, you know what the spiel? Like, yeah. and, and he almost opens the door. Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, it's, it's just Butch. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, they're old pals at this yeah. point. We get the old woman from the train come yeah. out and start yelling at them. And, and so they grab her, and she's screaming for Woodcock to let them out. Yeah. Turns out they've put somebody's put their hand over the woman, and Butch is screaming <laughs> all of her and, stuff out. Like, yeah. help and me, help me! I think they did that. Like, that was a good effect, like, yeah. because it was still her voice. Yeah, and we didn't know at this point, yeah. because we're from Woodcock's point of view. Yeah. I was dying. I was like, oh my god. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> he opens the door, and you see the mouth covered yeah. over and butch is just beaming like oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah because he's so smart like, yeah that's his whole thing yeah exactly like, he, he outthought him uh woodcock and got him to come out whereas previously he had to blow the the door to get him out and that like messed up woodcock a little bit but yeah um, yeah another yeah going back to the uh shooting as part of the effects the introduction to the movie and to um the Sundance Kid, that whole first um cards scene yeah. was just so well done. It was tense. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, like somebody's gonna die right now. Yeah, yeah. and then um so Butch kind of um talks Sundance down from shooting this guy who thinks that he's cheating. Yeah, and at a card game, and then um. So Sundance and this other card player are um, kind of in a standoff. Anyways, Butch kind of diffuses the scene. Yeah. Through being smart, I guess, kind of. Like, he just, like, makes it all kind of calm down. And then the the card player is like, so Sundance, are you really that good with your gun as mm-hmm. he was leaving? And he just, he uh, shoots the guy's pistol off his, out of his belt. Yeah. And then shoots it like three three or four more times, just skitters it across the floor. Yeah. Like that was it was perfect. Yeah. So, so the effects of doing that really nailed how good Sundance is with his gun. For sure. So yeah, all of that's fantastic. The scenery is great. It's it's beautiful. This is a beautiful film. It's filmed actually in several states. And the locations have since become popular film tourist sites as well, which is kind of interesting. So just a couple specific ones I'm going to hit on. The filming location for the railroad scenes is Durango and Silverton Narrow Gauge Railroad in Colorado. This was actually also used in The Prestige and in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Like oh, uh, no the kid, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Kid Indiana Jones. When as, he gets his whip uh, scar. Yeah, and his fierce snakes, all yeah, of that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. So that's a great film series which we'll do at some point but it was used in a number of other films as well very popular location at this point in time and i can understand that with how gorgeous it is we have the animus river in colorado where the stuntman jumped into the river to be filmed that was pretty wild that was a great scene as well something else kind of interesting not relating to the scenery the locations but butch casty's real life sister was on set of this film while they were filming it wow yeah was she at all like she was in her 80s um at this point in time 
and she thought Paul Newman's portrayal of Butch was spot on. And she was she was very much a fan of his portrayal and and just the whole direction of the film. Oh, awesome. So, That's good. Yeah, really That's cool. Good yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's wild too because you don't think about it, but the time frame of when they were doing this was by the end of the film it's almost 1910. And so we're only about 59 years from filming. Yeah. We're at the same time period away from this film almost at this point in time, which is kind of wild. Yeah. So they were really actually quite close to when the actual Western like things were the end of the Westerns. Yeah. 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 Really the Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid are really at the tail end of the Western outlaw uh, time period, really. So all of that, super interesting. Let's talk score really quickly. Overall, I really enjoyed the score. All the songs are obviously from the 60s, but for me, they don't really feel dated for the most part. They, I think they really fit the, the feel of the movie. Yeah, and it didn't make it feel old. It didn't take you out of it by any means. Yeah. It was just, um, like you, yeah, you get involved or um, invested in the movie, and it's, it just seems right. Yeah, and so you mentioned the Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head song. Everybody knows that song. It was from B.J. Thomas. It was actually written for the film. No way. Yeah, very interesting. Well, I, eh? I thought it I thought it was, like, what I read was, like, why why do they have this, like, full song in here? And I thought it was, thought it was an older song, and they were using it well somewhat, but it was almost unnecessary. So it was yeah. written for this. It was written for the film. No way. Yeah. That is unreal. I had no idea. And I kind of agree with your opinion. You alluded to this a little bit, that the scene where it's played maybe plays out a little too long. Um, But it really shows how free they were. uh Uh-huh. Because the whole song is about raindrops keep falling on my head, but, like, the the guy doesn't care. He's happy. Yeah. Like, everything's going well, even though it's raining. The only thing I was going to say is that I almost don't like it in the film. Robert Redford famously hated the song yeah, yeah. and didn't want it in the movie. The studio themselves thought that this song was going to ruin BJ Thomas's career. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, did it? No, it didn't. Okay. It, it actually I, did extremely well. Yeah, yeah. The song itself. The song probably. itself, yeah, yes. Yeah. So yeah, in the movie, I didn't, I didn't hate that whole scene. It was a little long, but they played a whole song and uh, it was just like a random montage of Paul oh. Newman being silly yeah. with uh, Edda. Is her name Edda in yeah, the movie? Edda. It's our introduction to Edda, and it kind of shows the interesting relationship that the three characters have like as they are about to embark on their journey to Bolivia and everything. Yeah. They were but, very close. Butch and Edda were very close, yeah. Yeah, and Butch, like, you could see how close Butch and Sundance are in their interactions with Edda because Butch, like, kind of, he's he's into her, yeah. but then they've developed this relationship to the point where he is, like, he loves her as, like, a sister at this point, and he's, like, separated that, mm-hmm. but they still have a little bit of playful flirtation. Yeah. And, like, Sundance is, like, He's like, he understands and everything's good. Yeah. But like, I thought for a moment that like they were going to fight or something like that over at it. That seems really fun as well when they get back and Butch is like, ah, I'm going to steal your girl, man. Yeah. And Sun gets like, 
Keep you her. Can have her. <laughs> I don't need her. <laughs> yeah. 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 Again, uh, there's a lot of great moments in this. A lot of the lines, like one line that uh, Sundance keeps repeating to uh, Butch is, you just keep thinking, Butch. That's what you're good at. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's lines. slightly sarcastic. Yeah, like, yeah. you do often get us in these horrible positions. Yeah. And, where, like, that is kind of all he's good at is, like, coming up with solutions or coming up with, like, cool things to do that end up needing solutions. Yeah. Let's do a quick look back at the times. So, this is actually really the tail end of Western cinema which was mostly prevalent through the 30s to the 60s. And we've seen some films since then that have popped up here and there. Uh, Most recently and most well done was probably Django Unchained. Also the True Grit remake in the late 2000s. There's some, like The Hateful Eight. Yeah, The Hateful Eight, I almost don't... it I have is, a hard time categorizing yeah. that as a Western. Yeah. Um, and Django Unchained, if you've seen that as well, Django's got the Quentin Tarantino, like, hyper-violence kind of... <coughs> sorry, it's a little bit of that hyper-violence kind of genre where, obviously, this one about outlaws is going to be violent, but it's not extremely graphic like a Quentin Tarantino film is going to be. Yeah. And at the time, 69, when this came out, it had a very mixed reception from critics. And I think part of that is, again, we're at the very tail end of the Westerns. Everything has, at this point, has been said and done before. And at this point in time, I th- I think that critics are starting to get worn out. And you can maybe draw the com- comparison here a little bit to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and critics starting to maybe fall out of love with the yeah. formula a little bit. Yeah. And that's not to say that this movie isn't great. Because it is. I think that this is something where you could almost maybe compare to like a Star Wars or something like that. Where it takes a lot of good components of other films and it kind of puts it together and makes it extremely extremely relevant and, and timeless a little bit. Yeah. And, and uses a lot of other great ideas really effectively. Where, you know, we could go back further. If, if you and I went back to the 30s, maybe we find a film that did this first and maybe it wasn't as good or as perfectly well executed but and and i think that's all like where the characters came in and shine so much because like watching a lot of like i've seen a few westerns and you are only given this like badass character Mm -hmm. as like that's the character and you don't see too much like of this human side and these two were just so human and so buddy together like it was it was amazing yeah, so I th- I think I, this really helped my appreciation having the two of them. I think having mm-hmm. one Western star that you're supposed to be rooting for, yeah. it, it it's obviously it, it was important at the time. But I think having the two and having them bounce off of each other really, really added to my enjoyment. Yeah, yeah. So legacy, really quick. The movie itself has been referenced well over a hundred times throughout the past fifty years in film and TV. I actually found a spot on IMDb that shows every single time it's been referenced, and I oh, had wow. to scroll, 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 scroll to get through all of it. Where it was most least recently referenced was actually in the Marvel What If show. There's a reference where Tony 
uh, says to Killmonger that him, those two are like a modern day Butch and Sundance, oh, basically. Yeah. yeah. Something also kind of cool here is this was Paul's Newman's favorite film to be involved in. He had a ton of fun while they yeah, were filming you this. You see it. Yeah. Like, that's that's what let like that's how it was so successful. Was how much fun they were having. Yeah. He said he drank a lot of beers down in Mexico where they were filming yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of see it from time to time, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this is actually ranked 73rd best American film ever by the American Film Institute. Wow. It comes in 7th for the best Western as well. Approximately there in IMDb under the Western section as well. And Butch and Sundance are ranked the 20th in the greatest heroes of all time. Oh, no. Yeah, it's a weird spot to put them, but... Like, <laughs> yeah, because they're not... They're anti-heroes, for sure. Like, yeah. You're, you're rooting for them when you shouldn't be, but, like, of course you are. Like, you know what? They are kind of heroes, because, like, the whole idea of, like, the bank robbers was to, like, take from the rich, basically. But they, nah, they didn't care. You're you're really trying from. to fit this in hard. Yeah. I don't. You're, you're overthinking this. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. I am. You're they're right. they're heroes because of the stars of the film. They're yeah. not heroes in real life or yeah. anything like that. Don't go robbing banks. Yeah. Or trains, kids. Do they even have trains anymore? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I live in London. I get stuck behind trains all the time. Yeah. True. <laughs> I think the last point on legacy a little bit here is. I think this was maybe one of the earlier kind of tongue-in-cheek, in-on-the-joke kind of films that maybe was also involved in the action kind of category a little bit, because all Westerns are action yeah. a bit. And, like, suspense a little bit, and, like... Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, I think a lot of films, especially looking at how many times this has been not only referenced but parodied as well, yeah. that obviously this had a pretty big impact on that type of comedy and it's kind of fingers kind of reaching into other areas, especially the Marvel cinematic universe and that tongue in cheek kind of humor. Yeah. 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 Like using too much explosive, like that whole scene using too much of an explosive to open a thing and like all the funny like quips that the characters had around that. Yeah. And then all of the like chase scene things where they're running away and like all the lines that they say, I could see it being like, it is very quotable in itself, but yeah. I can see like why it was so influential and like highly parodied and referenced. Yeah. Our, our group of friends is very much like that. Like yeah. I, that, uh, that way of talking where everything's a joke and everybody's yeah. riffing off each other. I feel like that's, that's really a lot of our interactions as yeah, a group. Yeah. <laughs> that's very accurate. Like we're all like a little bit of a butch and Sundance at different times. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, maybe that helps our enjoyment as well a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it's such a perfect buddy movie. Yeah, yeah, like any two friends could like you can see yourself in the the pair. Yeah, what I uh, I don't know. I just want to get into this. There's it's not relevant to any points, but like just <laughs> the, the quotes. Like, um, well, let, let's talk about that at the end. Well, let's let's talk about all that stuff and then talk our personal reviews at the end. All right, yeah. We're we're almost there anyway. So, I the only spot that I really wanted to hit on really quickly was sequels, prequels, and reboots. Okay, yeah. Um, let's get and to then that. let's let's get into that in our reviews and wrap her up. All right. So sequels, prequels, and reboots. This is actually a remake 
of itself in and of itself from the 1956 film the three outlaws which was reviewed really poorly not a big box office film but tells the story of butch sundance and edda there's never been a remake of this but there was a prequel in 1979 which horrible reception to that yeah the only notable thing of that is that hollywood's been committing the same sins of repeating itself for over 50 years yeah yeah just so, another example. <laughs> yeah, and this doesn't need any sort of remake. This is perfect as is. Everybody's perfectly cast. Yeah. If you need a 2021 update of this, just go watch it on Disney Plus because there's no way you're going to enjoy this more any other way. Yeah, yeah. I guess, what do you want to talk then next? Do you want to talk favorite scenes before we go into our personal reviews? I think it's just part of my personal review. Okay. Is like talking about favorite scenes because those are things that will like last. So like yeah. overall, I... I you, like anyone listening could already tell that we love this movie. Yeah. So my personal review is like, it's amazing. And what I loved most about it was the character interactions and Mm -hmm. the quotes that they kept like bringing up things and like repeating them and like changing them slightly over time. So, uh, one of the coolest things to me was as they're running away, they kept saying, um, the first thing is like, who are these guys? So they're getting chased yeah. by like some really good um, cowboys or really good law man trackers. And trackers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're getting tracked down, and they just like they'll run away, find like a good hiding spot, like they went through a river or up a, a little uh, cliff or something, and they're mm-hmm. like, "We should be good here." And then they look back, and you could just see them on the it, like on the horizon. That was a good effects in filming. Was like the filming of how the. Like they were so far away, yeah. that you could see the horses coming after them, so they or were, their little torches and stuff like that in the yeah. evenings as well. Yeah. So yeah, who are these guys? Was just like like the delivery of it from yeah. um both of them, I think, but mostly Butch and Paul yeah. Newman. Like he killed that, and then they would stop, and like every once in a while they'd be like, "I think we're safe," and then uh, Sundance is like, "You think so?" And then Butch again is like. I will if you will. Like, like, yeah. I'm, like, both of them did that where they're like, um, like, do you think we're good here? And we're like, I don't know. And they're like, I will if you will. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm good if you're good. Yeah. But then they kept going because it wasn't safe. It was just like a really cool interaction that they did a few different times throughout the like major chase. It, it was a pretty great chase, too. It's, there's a lot of great moments throughout it. It maybe goes on a little bit long. It could have been a little bit shorter, possibly, but that's such a minor critique. As well, I love this movie too. I've only really seen a few westerns, like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Django Unchained, True Grit. Those are like the big ones watched. Uh, but for me, this is probably top of the list of all of those. We'll see. Time will tell. This is a movie that I immediately wanted to start over and re-experience, especially yeah. for the first time. It might fit in my top 20. It It's definitely my favorite western. Yeah. It might go in my top 20 eventually. So we'll have to see a couple more rewatches which and those are definitely going to happen because like i said i absolutely love this um i want to like show this to a few people yes that's what i want to experience is like watching it with someone i think the movie is definitely better in the first half it maybe it's a little long in the second half or the ending yeah yeah so like it 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 had its like strengths there yeah it has its strengths and weaknesses but it's not like full metal jacket level where it's like you you completely forget you remember the first half, don't remember the second half. It's good throughout. It's just maybe some of the ideas, um, they weren't able to continue everything as fantastically yeah. as the opening scenes. 
And they tried something different at, in like the last act before they go out in like the shootout? blaze of glory. Yeah, yeah the yeah. blaze of okay, yeah, yeah. They tr- they had like a whole section where we were just seeing them rob banks, and it was like a silent movie kind of. Right. So like that part, like, did they really need it? Like we had we already know that they're these great bank robbers. They had some comedy in there, and like it kept you engaged. But uh, yeah, like that was part that you wouldn't like a part you wouldn't really remember or like look forward to on a rewatch. Right. Yeah. And something of note here while I was watching the movie is I actually barely wrote anything while I was watching um, because I was enjoying the adventure a little too much. Um, and I was the plot's... writing down quotes the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. The plot's not particularly complex, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also didn't really need to feel the need to write things down to remember the specifics later or to tie things in later. There is something really great about there's a bit of foreshadowing later in the film etta and the kid have this interaction when she decides to go on the run with them and down to bolivia she says i'll follow you but i don't want to see you die that's that's my only rule is that i i can't watch you die and what's really great is later on when they go and they try to go straight and it fails the first time and they immediately say we're going back to robbing banks and Edda says i'm ready to go home now yeah. and and you just know that's the end that's yeah. that 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 that's where things they're are gonna, gonna go wrong yeah, basically yeah, they're gonna exactly. die you know even even that moment when she's saying that i was i was like oh man like like this is this is it this is how yeah, things like are was, gonna go down like a little bit of a heart wrenching or like gut wrenching moment yeah like just a little bit because it was like pretty accurate where like they weren't explicitly saying that like this is the end if you don't leave you're gonna die and yeah. so i'm gonna leave it was like um she's like i might head home ahead of you guys yeah and like you guys can come back like come back like if you can yeah yeah, um, and, and she's kind of tearing up a little bit. They're, like, sh- they're all sleeping. She's kind of, like, lying, facing away from them. She's kind of yeah. tearing up because she knows, like, these guys aren't ever going to change. Like, they, they just can't help themselves from robbing people. Yeah. And this It's this what is, they're good at. Yeah. And I, they're, they're going to go out as they lived. Like, yeah. They're, yeah, they're going to keep going. So live. that's a really great scene. That's one of my favorite scenes as well because, like I said, as soon as I saw that, I was like, this is it. That, like this yeah. is how this is gonna go. Partner reviews really quick, and then we'll talk some scenes, some quotes, and stuff like that. That's how we'll end it. Jess had no interest in this movie. She she didn't give it any chance. Since she she put her headphones in, didn't want to watch a western, which is unfortunate because it was probably the, the best yeah. gateway western ever. Yeah. How did Annabelle like this? She was mostly busy at the time I was watching mm. it, so uh, she didn't get that much. She didn't. She wasn't able to get invested and mm. sit down and watch. Just mm-hmm. it didn't work out at that time. But, yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, I feel like she wouldn't have been like super in love with it, like the way we would be. Yeah. Just based off what she likes, and she would be similar to Jess in that regard. Yeah. I I think you really nailed it earlier when you said that this is a movie that I want to show other people. And I think this is something that I will at some point watch with other people and be like, see, like, this is good. Yeah, Yeah, like I want to introduce this to a few different friends that would like, like maybe 
like this would get them into appreciating it. And like, that's kind of why we're doing the podcast. Yeah, exactly. This is a great gateway into older movies, into Westerns, into whatever. And so I'm really glad that you and I were able to review this and that we, we kind of stumbled into this. We fell into this a little bit. So I'm really enjoying doing this podcast because like we are two buddies who are watching the same movie. It's just not like together, but like, yeah, it's great. We should have called this butch, Blake Cassidy and the Sundance Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's another podcast name idea there. You just keep thinking, Blake. (laughs) That's what you're good at. There it is. There it is. So let's talk our favorite scenes now and wrap this up. Butch taking back the Hole in the Wall gang. That's like, (laughs) for me, that's one of my first favorite scenes. Um, You you brought up the shootout scene at the beginning, which is great. But I'm good. That this is a scene that I'm gonna remember the most is they get back to the hole in the wall and they've been gone for so long that the gang is like, you know what? We don't need you guys. We can go and do our own thing. We're gonna yeah. start and robbing trains now. It's not that they don't need both of them. They don't need. Yes, Butch. they don't need Butch's ideas anymore. Yeah, yeah. The Sundance Kid is still one of the greatest shots in the West. Yeah. So obviously they want to keep him. And they say that. And this whole scene just yeah. plays out so well where they're. They're like, Sundance, you can stick around once we've killed Butch. But, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and and Butch and the kid have a kind of discussion back and forth where Butch is like, you know, if I die, kill all of them. And yeah. the kid's <laughs> like, ah, well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so they, the guy pulls out a knife. The new leader pulls out a knife and said, let's go, Butch. And Butch walks up and says, well, what's the rules? And the guy said, there's no rules. And as he's walking up, he boots them and they yeah. like, nuts. And he's yeah. like, all right, well, no rules. Then this is how <laughs> things are going, I guess. Like, yeah. Said it. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's just Butch's, like, fast thinking and, yeah. like, his intelligence. And, like, he, he basically knew this guy was going to say, like, there are no rules. Yeah. What are you talking about? This is a knife fight. <laughs> so he took advantage of that. And he's like, well, you said there's no rules. So. Yeah. Yeah. Which is perfect because at that point, nobody nobody in the group can argue that at yeah. that point because he said there's yeah. no rules. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so um, yeah, it's just, like, his intelligence of, like, running a crew kind of and, like, taking down this, like, would be uh, – what's the word when, like – a crewmate mutineer yeah he's basically yeah he's trying to mutiny become the new leader yeah and he just outsmarts him yeah and like a silly really fun way so yeah yeah, that so i think that works so well because we have one scene where we're introduced to the sundance kid yeah and like who he is and why he's like so good and then you see the exact same type of scene for butch that's a great point yeah Yeah, like it's it was a good parallel to introduce them both on like an even plane yeah, for me personally, Butch is my favorite character for the thinking and all of that. You know, I overthink yeah. things like crazy. Mm. Butch and Paul Newman just absolutely like that's that's what makes this movie for me. And yeah. I could very much see an argument where maybe the Sundance Kid is more important to you, but Butch, yeah, yeah, like uh, he's he's still very funny, and yeah. he's um he's like such a badass. Like he really is good with his guns, and yeah, like, and he's kind of like the gritty like more less animated than butch yeah. um more real yeah kind but of a little he's bit. also like very loyal and yeah. like without having to say much like you could tell like he's in this partnership just as much as butch is like yeah. he he needs butch just for like enjoyment of what he, <laughs> what he's doing yeah. or else it would be like a shitty like thing where he's just a killer yeah but, like in this he's not just a amazing sh- shot and killer yeah. He's, like, part of a team and, like, 
they get to, they really work so well together. Yeah. Um, like there's one scene I forget exactly what Butch says something like silly, and then um, Sundance is like, yeah, sure, and then like he's not talking much. Butch says like, how do you become so talkative? And uh, <laughs> he's like, I'm just just naturally blabby i guess yeah it's just like such a well-delivered line where it's like you could tell they were such good friends yeah and sundance is a quiet guy but mm-hmm. he picked up on like all of like how their humor had merged yeah so you could throw it back at him every once in a while at like key moments and like there's that like respect there and like friendship of yeah. that humor it was just a great scene yeah their friendship is Probably top 10 greatest buddy movies for me. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't know who else, like, showed that chemistry so well. It's, yeah. It, like, you see it a little bit in, like, some modern things like Spider-Man bu- and uh, Iron Man. Yeah, I, like, even, Tony like, and... the buddy comedies, I think, is maybe where you see the legacy a little bit more in, in those comedic duos, like, are John C. Riley and Will Ferrell yeah. are... Chris Farley and David Spade, yeah. those greats of the past, those comedic duos, I think all owe a little bit of credence to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'd be curious to see if there had been a, a, like a buddy movie previously that was as big. Yeah. Getting back to scenes a little bit, we've talked about the train robbery scenes. Both of those are fantastic. The second one, I was crying by the time the train exploded because I wasn't, wasn't expecting them to accidentally blow up the train. Yeah. <laughs> and then when, when, uh, the kid says, but she think you used enough dynamite. Yeah. I was, I was dead. I was dead at that point. Like yeah, the whole it was, scene is an amazing. scene. And then it immediately, immediately switches into like this tense, like chase scene where yeah. The cavalry comes and shows up. That was really well done. That was really effective. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the uh, people who were chasing them were just so good. And, like, they kept the suspense while also adding that little bit of comedy in. Like, who are these guys? Yeah. (laughs) Like, just the way they kept repeating it. They're being chased by, like, Terminators almost. Yeah. They're just constantly always tracking always finding them and we never see them either which is really great yeah. they they really hide their faces to make them this unseen unknown killer and they're speculating they're like maybe it's that guy he's yeah. supposed to be an amazing tracker and maybe it's that guy he says like who's the greatest lawman yeah and they're like it's this guy and he's like does he wear a white hat yeah, yeah. that's him it must be him but they're still kind of questioning like who are these guys how are they so good yeah they almost make them like better than human like terminators like you said and and that scares us as the audience as well because you almost have to have that after we've seen how effective the kid is at his shooting um that you need somebody who isn't human to beat them yeah which is really well done one of my other favorite scenes is the robbery scene in the Bolivian bank because there's such a buildup because they get to Bolivia. We know that the kid doesn't speak Spanish. Mm. We thought that Butch spoke Spanish and he doesn't yeah, speak he, Spanish. He like implied that he could read a menu or something yeah. like that. And and Edda, who was a teacher, can't speak Spanish. So we get this really great montage almost of her teaching them all these different spanish words and phrases on how to rob a bank yeah yeah. Yeah, and and it's kind of uh, over time like and and all these different like little mini scenes and we see butch who's kind of 
picking it up. It feels like he's getting it naturally, and the kid just doesn't care. He doesn't show any appreciation for any of it. Yeah, yeah. And then and, you find out that he's just has written down all the phrases, and he really didn't learn them. Well. Yeah, Butch Butch has written them down, whereas the kid has actually remembered them all. He's yeah. just irritated with Edda. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we get to this scene where they hold up the bank, and Butch starts trying to speak in Spanish all the phrases, but he doesn't remember what they actually mean. So the kid's yelling at him. You've already told them to put go up against the wall. You've already yeah. told them to put their hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that scene yeah, as well. That, was, that, that one's a great good. for me. I also uh, another like similar thing was where um, at the end of like the first chase where they they jump into the water, mm-hmm. the, their whole interaction on deciding to jump or not, <laughs> yeah. and like uh, Sundance wants to stay and fight. Yeah, and because he's so, like he's so attached to shooting people, like he's so good at it. He's mm-hmm. like, I could probably take a few of them, and then they'd have a chance of running or something. Yeah. So they they went through like all the options of like what um what their options were, and then Butch I think says, you know, they could surrender tr- to us. <laughs> yeah. But I doubt it. Because <laughs> they're co- considering surrender or jumping, and yeah. he's like, well, there is another option. <laughs> yeah. They could surrender to us. It was just like such a prime, like, <laughs> like well placed comedic moment yeah and and this movie is full of them yeah the scene where they decide to go straight and their boss is shot right off the bat basically the reveal of butch never having shot anyone what a great reveal what a great time to reveal that that too really cool yeah we're so late in the film and then you 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 think about it as soon as you said that you're like Oh yeah, yeah. He hasn't shot anyone. He doesn't at this even point. have a gun, does he? Like, yeah, he has a gun. He just yeah, never shot anybody. Yeah, yeah. And him and the kid are kind of having that back and forth. Like, all right, yeah. well, you're gonna take, try to take them. Yeah. Do your best. Yeah. I'm gonna kill everybody else. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was unreal. <laughs> Going back to the river, jumping into the river yeah. scene. Them, like, it was basically voiceovers of yep. them floating down the river, like it's a hardcore river. Yeah. And um, their interaction of just like. Like, get off my neck. Like, yeah. you're choking me. Yeah. <laughs> like that and they're nowhere near each other either. Yeah. So so that's actually something. I always read the IMDb. One thing that I'll say is I don't want to bring up nitpicky stuff unless I notice it. Yeah. Uh, like in the last episode with the woman being shot in the head and yeah. screaming. That was um, it's, it's not fair game if I didn't notice it or if you didn't notice yeah. it. But I, I still read them just for laughs somebody put a nitpicky thing where their two of them are yelling like oh get off of me like yeah. and they're not anywhere near each other yeah. in my opinion that actually works yeah. for the yeah. film like that that they're yelling at each other they're bickering even while yeah. they're like going down this river to their deaths potentially yeah. 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 <laughs> just a really great scene all around yeah there's so many great scenes in general the final scene where they go out fighting is great and they're kind of having the back and forth and butch is like you know what i think i have a new plan let's go to australia like that's that's where we should go next (laughs) yeah because like previously they're like trying to escape and they're like we should have went to bolivia like when i said let's go to bolivia and so it's like replaying that recalling that yeah that interaction and they're believing their shtick like they're they're like this is what we do yeah like we're gonna get through this and it's like they have to do that so that they can deal with the fact that they're probably about to die yeah well and they have no idea that the army's outside waiting for them like when they go guns blazing they think yeah. there's maybe a few cops too yeah, yeah. oh man they're so well, dead <laughs> yeah that ending to it was really cool like yeah the you just hear all the gunshots like and the sergeant or 
commander of the army just yeah. like yelling fuego yeah yeah that was that was fun it was and it, cool... it just ends on the still of the two of them which is actually the poster for the movie is them both running out with their guns blazing kind of oh, thing yeah, yeah which is kind of cool yeah well i already touched on the foreshadowing of of their de- deaths without a leaving in real life she did leave and go back to the states and there's actually a, quite a bit of mystery surrounding what ended up happening to her later in life. Oh, wow. So, That's yeah, funny. kind of interesting, kind of neat. Yeah. Another, like, line involving Edda that I really liked was mm-hmm. um, when the guys come back from the first chase and she thought that they had been killed. And Sundance, he's like, don't make a big thing of it. And then, like, you kind of see her, like, disheartened. And mm-hmm. he's he's, like, happy that she's like that in love with him that she was like heartbroken that she thought he died. And then he's like, no, make a big thing of it. And then like (laughs) goes in for a big hug. Like that was like a cool, like well-written interaction. That's really all I've got. Like I've talked to my favorite scenes. There's so many quotable lines. Do you have some more quotable lines you want to say before, before we wrap up? There's just like the boss Mm -hmm. of the, when they tried to go straight, Mm-hmm. Um, he was just funny because like he spits and then gets it on himself. He's like, oh, yeah. he's like, ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, like multiple times. He's like, damn it. <laughs> just so funny. Yeah. Even that, that little scene where he asked Butch or sorry, he asked uh, Sundance to test his shooting abilities yeah. and you're like, oh, Sundance is going to crush this. Yeah. And then he kind of misses and he's like, you okay if I move? Yeah. <laughs> I can only do it while moving. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that was that was good too. Yeah. After the boss dies and they go back and kill the people who robbed them, they're like, "Well, we've gone straight. What will we try now?" Yeah. It's like they've tried all the options. <laughs> like, yeah. well, we tried it. Yeah. It's just like they, exactly like what we've been talking about. How they're just like we, we the, they give it one try. <laughs> yeah. The, the half-assed try. Yeah. Things go wrong and they're right back into the things. Yeah. And then uh, another line that. Sundance keeps saying is don't you get sick of being right all the time yeah and like it was just like he says that a few times and just amazing like their interactions and then at the very end um when they're getting to the first part of the shootout Butch is like this is no time for bravery I'll let you go to like <laughs> yeah. go get to go out and do something badass He's yeah like, this is no time for bravery I'll I'll let you go yeah and they're having that back and forth of why the other one should be the one to go kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Butch realizes, wait, because Sundance is like, no, 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 I'll go. I'll do it. I'll do it. And yeah. Butch is like, wait, but I can't cover you, yeah. so I have to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another great scene. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I've got. Do you want to wrap her up? This is actually the fastest podcast we've ever done we got it an hour and a half here nice we're trying to cut down here so we're doing well yeah Um, yeah yeah we got some fun stuff coming up in february let's let's do a romance one this year we just did one it was a bromance (laughs) (laughs) that's true (laughs) what's wrong with that (laughs) no like a real romance could be like yeah there's i i want to do a the rom-com um, when Harry met Sally because I, I love it. Oh, it's my favorite. I'll give you the DVD. Yeah, um, so I have you... nothing to play a DVD on. No, All right, none not... of my laptops work. Oh my god, nothing. <laughs> oh man, I can't put that into my VR. <laughs> <laughs> the 2022 technology coming to bite you in the ass. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll find it streaming somewhere and then you can watch it through there. But that's what I want to do. And maybe next year we'll go with option two that we were talking about before. 
I do have one last line. Okay. And it's from Ray, who was the sheriff of the town, I think. Oh, yeah, where, yeah. Like, Butch and Sundance were just at the top of their game. And, like, there's multiple scenes where, like, people in the town, they're not going to go after them. No. Because they know they're that good. Well, and, and also, to go after them, they know the hole in the wall yeah, is yeah, really impossible. impenetrable yeah. as well. Yeah, so they're not going to follow that one lawmaker who seemed like a new person in town but yeah so the ray is the sheriff of mm-hmm. a town i'm not sure if it's the same town i think so but they <sighs> yeah they, i'm not sure either they like break into his house and he's like aren't you at least gonna like tie me up and stuff like <laughs> you have to make this look like i'm not in like yeah. with you in any way yeah and like you could tell he actually cared about the two because he's like don't you get it your time is over and you're gonna die bloody all you get to choose is where yeah and so like that's a great line for like the beginning it was the in the first chase yeah which was um like yeah first well act placed. of the movie yeah, probably yeah. yeah it like finished the first act i think yeah. yeah yeah where where we know that these characters have don't have any redeeming qualities that they're going to be able to change and and grow beyond this yeah and i think he even says like you're one of the most charming guys mm-hmm. but it's not going to save you like you can't just keep you can't just get your way out of it and everything's going to be great yeah yeah, yeah. And and that's exactly what we see. Yeah. All right, cool. That's a great spot to end it, is yeah. you can't change your past, and if you're a shitty person, you'll always be shitty. Yeah. You just, <laughs> you just get to decide where you'll die. Yeah. <laughs> what a great way to end. What a high note. Yeah. <laughs> All, All right, right, well. Thanks for listening to Vintage Cinema Rewind. Yep. Um, I'm Jason, and he's Blake. Yeah. But who are those guys? <laughs> who are those guys? The men behind the mics. Yeah. Um, we're still having a blast, so yeah. we're we're gonna keep going on, and we hope you guys are having as much fun as we are. Yeah, especially. Hope, let us know about how this um, format works a little bit, if it's uh, a little more concise. Yeah, yeah, I think it was a little bit more concise. And a, yeah, a little bit more enjoyable because we weren't putting off like, oh, we're, we'll talk to that in this part. Yeah, there's yeah. probably like five minutes of me saying that in uh, eyes wide shut <laughs> yeah, 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 literally. but at the same time some of these i don't know let us know in the comments but i feel like with some movies the format of us trying to sell it using everything else maybe does make a little bit more sense but i don't know well, yeah, we'll have to keep experimenting yeah we'll, we'll keep experimenting we've got we've got plenty of plans for the future but let us know let us know what we can do better let us know uh what we're nailing let us know what you want to see from us just please give us feedback (laughs) we're desperate for feedback interact with us (laughs) yes interact with us talk to me (laughs) all right all right have a good one yeah we'll talk to you later i don't know why i said we'll talk to you later that was weird we will talk to them later okay goodbye yeah we're gonna talk at you later